Thank you for tuning in to the Living Truth Church podcast. We're glad that you're here. If you'd like more information about Living Truth, you can check out our website at livingtruthchurch.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, but the best way to connect with us is through our Living Truth Church app, which can be found in any app store. Now for a message from the Word of God. We hope that God uses this teaching to impact your life. Amen. Amen. Let's hear it for Jeff and his group. It's great to have a student pastor that really cares about what he's doing. It takes it seriously. I don't know if y'all know that. It uh, does a great job. And then the chaperones and those that went with them, we're very thankful for that. And uh, man, God's doing work. Amen. I mean, I, I was going to come and tell you about what, all the things God was done last week. And then we had a group that was up there and they led 17 people to the Lord. Amen. Wow, come on, man, come on. We're going to have to start getting excited here, all right? All right, let's see. It, listen, you know, we had a great week last week. Uh, worship was great, man. <laughs> I mean, I thought I'd done died and gone to heaven last week and then come back. I thought, Ben, I felt bad for him today. I said, I, I, I don't even know. I mean, you know, how's it going? But it was great this morning. Great time to be in the presence of the Lord, right? Amen. I mean, it was great seeing, you know, lots of folks get baptized last week. We had a great event with the barbecue last week, and, and all that was great. And then four people got saved on Monday. Y'all didn't even know that, did you? I mean, after Sunday, on Monday, four people got saved, people just doing things, being faithful to God. And starting tomorrow is Vacation Bible School, so it's going to be a great week. I mean, it just keeps on going. Amen? But listen. What the church in general today needs is not a bunch of great events and programs. We need to be operating in power. Specifically, specifically in the power of the one who was sent, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. This is very important. Next thing I'm going to say. If Jesus Christ is not the King and Lord of your life, then you do not have access to this power. If you aren't living for Christ and in Christ, then you are weak and powerless. I'm just telling you what the Bible teaches. First Timothy chapter 1, and we'll be in First Timothy today, and maybe we've got some people with us that have not been with us here. Right now, we're going through the letters that were written to the church. So a lot of these things are stepping on our toes. I mean, in your face. Maybe some of them just flat out hitting you in the nose. I mean, it's just, it's just what it's just, it is. But you know what? As a believer, I want it. I need to stand corrected. I need the rebuking. I need all that. But in Timothy, Paul urges believers to pray. But before we get into all that, I just want to point out something to get our posture right, right? We need to be in the right position. You know, in, in football, linemen, some of them are going to get down in a three-point stance, some in a four-point stance, and, you know, and, and they're, they're doing – it depends on which side of the ball they're on. And they're doing that so they got leverage, right? In Acts chapter 1 – Right before his ascension back into heaven, Jesus told the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait. Here was the, probably the most important time, the most important time and the biggest thing that they can do. And Jesus says, you go there and 
wait. You see, they were going to need some leverage to get God's work on earth done. If we're going to save the whole stinking world, we're going to need some help. There's going to need some leverage. Because God's asking you and me to do things that we can't do. I'm not equipped on my own to do these things. And frankly, sometimes I don't want to do these things. I want to do my thing. But he says, go there and wait. They were to wait on the arrival of the Holy Spirit who would empower them to complete the mission to take the gospel throughout the whole world. You know, in church, we do things to try to communicate to the church. We text people, we send emails, we have the website, we have the church app. We do all these things just so people know when and where to be to someplace. And then it always happens. We'll get somebody to text us, call us up, or say, well, how come we didn't know about this? And yet here, the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to get the gospel, this one message, out to the whole world. How are we to do that that people don't even read their text, don't read their emails, don't read their webpage, don't read anything? And frankly, don't want to hear it sometimes. Note this. Waiting came before the power. I think that a lot of times we think more doing is better. When the power we need to access is accessed through prayer, which involves sitting and waiting. So, Paul urges prayer. We are urged to pray. If the Apostle Paul takes the time to urge us to pray, then it must be urgent. Hence the word, urgent. So, we ought to stop and pray. It's important. Prayer makes a difference. Does anybody here believe that? I'm glad you said that. So, do you pray? What do you pray about? Are you taking your prayer life seriously? Don't answer that yet. Or would, now I lay me down to sleep, be the extent of your prayer life? Oh, during the day, three meals, most of them, you'll say, thank you, God, for this food. Does that describe the extent of your prayer life? Just think about it. I'll come back. This is a judgment-free zone. You see, our goal is to get you to praying more regularly and more effectively. Because if I saw as many people as I saw take these prayer wheel things this morning that we had, and if all those people pray, the devil will all start running right now. And if you respond like they did, the kingdom will advance.
more of us praying and more of us praying better is better. It's prayer that shakes things up. Have you seen it happen? You know, you're like me, you've seen it happen. But I'm like, why don't I want to see that happen more often? We're going to dive right in with the hope that everything about your prayer life improves. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-7, through 7, Paul writes, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. He said, I'm telling the truth, I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Anybody have any drama in life? Please, right? The history of man is loaded with drama. I started thinking about it. Okay, well, let me think in the Bible. Where did the drama start? Adam and Eve, right out of the gate. We can't keep our stuff together. Cain and Abel, brother kills a brother. I mean, <laughs> the Philistines weren't even around yet. I mean, come on. Real first world problems. And it hasn't stopped. Drama follows us because we rebel against God. That's why. Have you ever noticed that everywhere you are, drama's there? Yeah. I, I know it's that old church or that old place, those old friends, but eh, everywhere you go, there's drama. But I've got good news for you. Believe it or not, God desires for us to live a peaceful, godly, and quiet life. Amen, <laughs> Isn't that good? That, I mean, it's right there. That's what we just read. It, God wants you. My kids always know for Christmas, I want peace and quiet. Anybody? I got any parents that you just want peace and quiet. Just, you know. Mama's in here. You just won't get out there on the porch and not hear, Mama! God wants that for you. But what's that got to do with prayer? Um, everything. I don't know about you, but in this life, I constantly find myself surrounded by drama. There's, there's my own drama, which, which I can limit by living obediently for Christ. But no, I like to rebel every now and then, and then I got drama. I know, I'm a bad person. And there's that other drama, which is more like a drive-by shooting. You know, we suffer collateral damage when we're around other people because they have drama and we get hit by it and somehow we're in the middle of it trying to help pick up the pieces. But at the end of the day, we can't make people obey God and do the right thing. I mean, I'm having my own problems, right? And as you get involved in the lives of other people, then you will quickly find that you need to be on the prayer patrol, prayer force, prayer warriors, whatever you want to call it, you need to be on your knees praying. You'll be praying for yourself, for wisdom, and then to take correct action. You'll be praying for people to do the right thing. And since we're people, we know that doesn't always happen. I mean, when is the last time you gave someone some really good, solid advice, and they actually did what you suggested? Yeah, never. So we pray. 
You'll be praying for God to move mountains because that's what it feels like. You'll be praying that God gives you the opportunity to intervene. You'll be praying for people's healing. You'll be praying for people's recovery. You'll be praying for people's grief. And then from the passage, there's this. God also desires all people everywhere to be saved. Amen? That's in there. That's a tall order that definitely calls for prayer. You know, last week we talked about the Apostle Paul and his conversion. Can you imagine praying to God for Saul of Tarsus for his salvation? I think there were some prayers going on for Saul and Tarsus back then, but I think they were more like, God, would you kill him? Right? But there was some meemaw, mammal, somebody out there, aunt, somebody that was praying, God, you save that man. He's zealous. He's just going the wrong way. God, you save that man. And God answered that prayer. Listen, if you've paid somebody's way to a fancy restaurant or paid a vacation for them, you want them to go, right? You want them to go and enjoy that. One thing, you just don't want them wasting your money, right? But you want them to go and do that. You want them to miss out. Well, the God of the universe sent his one and only son to die on the cross for your sins, pay the penalty for your sins, and he doesn't want you to miss out. So we ought to pray for people's salvation, that people will take the free gift of eternal life that God has offered. It's out there. So let's talk prayer. A lot of times prayer sounds more like a laundry list of items. Have you ever been to one of those prayer meetings where we're praying for Aunt Hazel's big toe and Uncle Gus's gout and junk like that? I hate those kind of prayers. We don't do those. Or then there's the big generic prayers. You know, oh God, we pray for this crazy messed up world. Well, God knows it's messed up and you know it is too. Be specific in your prayers. Paul, in Timothy, he lists, up, he lists in prayer, he lists supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings. And right here this morning, we're going to add extra ingredients from the Scripture to help you in your prayer life on the prayer wheel. Because I think it will help you have a more effective prayer life. Now, the prayer wheel has certainly helped me be more focused and more intentional in my meetings with God. Thank you for your meeting. Thank you for your time of prayers and hanging out with God, meetings with God, sitting down with God. So let's, let's take prayer from being the sorry thing it's been in the past to something that engages the God of the universe and that's powerful. Amen. Y'all want to do that? I've introduced the prayer wheel a couple of times to y'all, and, and yet as, this, as I was preparing this message, God said, they ain't got it yet. And, and by the way, I'm still working at it. I have to keep it right there in front of me. When I go to my place where I pray and spend time with God, I have it sitting there because I know I need to stay focused. Squirrel. You know, I mean, even, it happens to all of us. You don't think the devil shows up at your prayer meeting? Oh, oh yeah, he does. So, I want to take your prayer life from where it had or it has been, and, and that varies, okay? Right now, right this second, I want you to take the time to rate your prayer life. Scale of 1 to 10, don't say it out loud. What, scale of 1 to 10, rate right now your prayer life 1 to 10. 1, it really sucks. 10, it's 
awesome, and I'm probably standing in front of Jesus right now because you're not a 10. And I'm, no, you're all looking at me, but I, I said, write it down. I'm just going to wait. Anybody need a pen? I got some pens up here. We'll throw a pen up. I got men looking at me like, I ain't writing nothing down. No, go ahead. Pull your phone out and type down. Three, four, whatever. Do it. I, thank you, lady. I see some ladies writing down a number. Okay, write a number down. Because look, we can't be, we can't get better if we're not honest with God, can we? Right? Because we don't want to talk about this. I don't want to tell you that my prayer life stinks. So, for most of us, the number one thing that we can do to improve our prayer life is to actually spend significant time with the Lord. Amen? You believe that? You know, we used to be proud to say that we spend five time. I remember when I first, some, uh, back in 1991, when I first, somebody taught me about a quiet time. I first got into a quiet time where I spent time with the Lord and all that. They, they, they tricked me. They said, get in it five minutes. Give God five minutes, you know. And it really the hope was five minutes to turn into 25 minutes. If, I really, if I'm really engaging God, spending time with him, I'll lose, I'll lose, t- I'll lose track of time. But, but just to get that. And then we make it to 10 minutes and we think we should get a gold star, right? And then how in the world can anybody spend 15 minutes talking to God, with God? Well, that's the problem because we've been doing most of the talking. And as an introvert myself, I know I can't talk to people, I mean, just regular conversations. I just don't have much to say. So take that person into prayer with God and you don't have much to say unless God wants to talk about fishing or hunting, right? Power in prayer often comes in the waiting. So notice the elements in the prayer wheel. We're going to go through those fairly quick, I hope. I'm having troubles with time this morning, so okay. And this is the thing I want to show you, is take the time. Maybe that's why I'm having trouble with time this morning. Take the time. Just say, say take the time with me. That's the thing. There's three T's. That would have been a great title for this message after the fact, but that's not. Praise is the first thing on the prayer wheel. Praise is the first thing. Take the time to bless the Lord. Take the time when you start off with your prayer. God bless you, oh God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Just take that time to bless his name. Think about who he is. He's, he's my refuge. He's my strength. God, oh God, you're my rock. I mean, you're just talking to God. Take that time with him. Take, think, if you need help, thank Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank the things, that, the way you think of the Father, the way you think, thank you, Son, the Son. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and redeeming me. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. You are uh, the creator. You are all these things. The Holy Spirit, you are, you know, you're my advocate. You're the one that comes alongside me. Thank you. We praise you. Oh, Holy Spirit, say all those things. You, you come, read the names for God. El Shaddai, El Elyon, look up what they mean. Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees, the God who provides. We bless you, Jehovah Jireh. Do all that. Take the time to praise God, and that alone makes you slow down. That right there makes you slow down. We need to do that. And then the second thing is waiting. We all know Psalm 4610, Psalm 4, you know, be still and know that I'm God. Be still means to rest. You know how you rest? You don't rest running down the road. You rest sitting, stopping. This is more like a stop sign than a yield sign. You see, God will talk to you, but you're going to have to wait on him. And but sometimes you'll find in the waiting, I found this, that sometimes God starts talking to you before y'all's regular appointment. Like sometimes at three in the morning, 
God just starts, I mean, it just starts happening. And you realize, wait a minute, I'm wide awake and it's God's stuff. And, you know, and y'all have heard me before talk about that, that I'm like, man, it's three in the morning. I'm going back to sleep. Man, that's some good stuff. I'm going to write that down when I get up. I get up and God's like, well, hmm, I was talking to you last night. So I've learned to write it down, write down. And so I write it down when it's three in the morning or I write it down when I'm having my quiet time. And then, and then he just gives me stuff. I mean, this is an old uh, journal I hear. This is not my newest one. This is, you know, I mean, I write down stuff like love the sinner and hate my sin. Hope can't be canceled. We are most like God when we forgive. I mean, write the things down that God is saying to you, and you know what? Flip the pages every now and then. Go grab the other one off the shelf every now and then. Because guess what? He was talking to you. It might have been two years ago. It might have been a year ago, but he was talking to you, and he gave you some good stuff. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I get locked up in there. Some good stuff in there. Keep notes. And then there's the time of confession. We know the scriptures tell us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, this is not meant for you and me to abuse his grace, but it is certainly there to set us free to start over. You see, God will, praise God, he will not let the devil hold you and me hostage. So he's got this. Amen. This is to set you free. And you need to confess that every day. Take the time to confess. And then read the word. The number one way we hear from God is from reading the word. How can we go into that room to pray and not open the Bible and expect God to talk to us? You think he's going to talk out loud? He will speak to you spirit to spirit. But it, the word of God, that's how he speaks to you the number one way. So you open it up, you read it, and you say, God, what are you saying to me in this that I just read? To me. I'm not worried about everybody else. They got their problems. I got my problems. What are you saying to me in this word? And you write it. You write it down. Because you're going to need that in a minute. After you read the word, then you journal, you, you write it down and how God spoke to you through that. And you, you pray and then you'll pray what he puts on your heart. What's he calling you to do? Write it down and pray about that. And there's Thanksgiving, taking the time to thank God for all he's already done for you. You've got to take the time. If you don't do it, then when are you going to do it? This also takes time. And what if you wrote God thank you notes? There's a good idea. I mean, I, I hope to get all kinds of emails this week. We, I wrote God thank you notes. Because you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to stop and think and be reminding yourself of the great things that he has done for you. Sing. It says to sing. Make a joyful noise to God. See, God loves your voice. Nobody else may not. But God loves your voice. He gave it to you. Why can some of us not sing? Maybe God's like, I just like, I got to hear something off key every now and then just because I like to hear the other ones too. I got, so, I got something to compare it to. I don't know. And then our prayer life says to meditate. Again, this takes time. Slow down. Stop. God wants to hang out with you. Meditate on his word. As his word permeates your heart, it keeps you out of trouble. And, and I'll tell you what I do. I, I kind of take the memory verse that I have for the week. And you should have a memory verse every week. 
Because you're hiding God's word in your heart, amen? So don't act like, oh, what, what memory That verse that you need to be doing. And take that. And that's how you memorize it. You meditate on it. You get to know that one verse, two, three lines, forward and backwards, and you know what it means. I mean, you could read, you, because you've been meditating on it. And you're like, what? What is God saying to me personally through all this? And so we have all these, we have all these speed bumps in the prayer wheel that make me slow down. And all of a sudden, I've got down here, and you're saying, man, I've been, man, I've spent some time in prayer. I feel like I've really prayed today. And then there's listen. Ecclesiastes five two says, let your words be few. Ah, there's the secret. You've been talking too much. And you don't have that much to say. So you've done all the things above. You've, you've spent some serious time with the Lord. What's he saying? Are you listening? I mean, if you've, if you've gotten to this part of the prayer wheel and you haven't heard from God, then check yourself because you've just been going through the motions. You've been checking boxes. You've been numbering these things and checking them off. If you haven't heard from God yet, you didn't slow down. It, I, that's okay. This, everything I'm telling you, it takes practice. So you stop here and you go back. But make it here. You've heard from God. Then you finish with praise. You see, you finish where you started. You started with praise. You finish with praise. But this praise, for me, I'm learning. It's just a little bit different. This is where praise grows feet. You see, obedience is the best way to praise God. Otherwise, it's just all talk, right? Putting feet to what you just said with God shows God you're not all talk. Amen? Everything you've just heard from God through reading His Word, waiting and meditating, listening, do that. So I do that. I get to the end, and I'm like, okay, at the end, I'm like, all right, I wrote all these notes and all these notes. I'm like, God, what is it you want me to do? That, my friends, puts some serious depth in your prayer. And maybe you were a one today because nobody ever told you all that. Some of these things, I tell you, they're just new for me. I just started kind of doing it this way a couple of years. It's really... God will be answering prayers accidentally if you're talking to him like that. He may even call you Daniel. And if you know who Daniel is in the Bible, that's a compliment. Because Daniel had such an awesome prayer life with God. That when it gets to, when you're reading the book of Daniel, God is telling Daniel like how things are going to end in end times. And you don't get to that point unless you're really intimate with God. You know, there's things that you tell your best friend and you don't tell anybody else. Well, Daniel was getting told all these things. Finally, God said, whoa, 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 whoa. I've got to stop. <laughs> I can't tell you the very end. He came close. There's a reason John, the beloved disciple, 
who wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Revelation, and Daniel have a lot to say about end times. Real powerful and effective prayer isn't some 15-second tip of the hat to God. Depth to our prayer takes time. And time is one way we show our genuine love for God. You know, some, some, some days my life is really crazy. You know how it is. You're slam jammed. Everything's going. Multiple things. You can't handle one more phone call. And there's one person I'll answer the phone every time she calls. That's my wife. And so I'll hit that green button on the phone and I'll say, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I've only said that a couple of times. <laughs> Y'all imagine how that went, right? I mean, I was busy, right? I was working, I was doing all kinds of things. But go ahead, it's kind of like, I ain't, got not, I ain't got no time for you, right? It wasn't, hey, baby, how you doing? I'm real busy. But we treat God that way sometimes with our quick prayers. Oh, let me go in here and do my quiet time. Oh, let me go in here and pray. Oh, I need to pray. Hey, let's pray for food. Y'all get out of here. Yeah, yeah, come pray for food. I mean, he can handle that kind of prayer if it's, there's a bear. Pray, God help me. I mean, that's, that's different. That's different. Okay? But I mean, our regular time with God. And then Paul and then Timothy talks about pray for who? He says, pray for who? He says, all, including your government. You see, no one, and no one has to tell you to pray for certain people, like your family, your extended family, if you still like them, and those that serve with you or those that work with you, friends, lost people, which leads to the next segment, praying for lost. And besides family, I, I probably pray for lost people more than anyone. Lost people, by the way, Jesus called them lost. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, he says you're lost. You need to be found. So I, I don't mean that as a derogatory term. But anyway, I pray for people that don't know Jesus as Savior. And why should I do that? Well, God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. Amen? And I can tell you that it works. When I pray for lost people, they get saved. It'll happen for you too. Pray for lost people, they will get saved. I, I mean, I, I've told it... Well, Probably more than 100 times. I, went, I got saved at eight years old. My dad, I prayed for his salvation. He got saved nine years later. I prayed for him every day. It was my number one prayer request. Wives, husbands, children, pray for your lost family members. Be relentless. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't quit. Pray like it depends on your prayer. And oh, and when they finally get saved, thank God and don't treat them like they just came out of a leper colony. He did it. God finally answered your long-time prayer. Get your praise on. Listen, my mama, I don't know. She's already gone to be with the Lord. I don't know what she really felt, felt when my dad came in the other room and said, I just got saved. I mean, time's going to tell, right? But I, I don't know. But we do that sometimes with prayer. We've been praying for quite some time, and God answers, and we're like slow to accept or to appreciate or to thank God and to be amazed by God. It's a Grand Canyon moment, right? Lord willing, in the, the year I'm somewhere, I'm, I'm going to go to the Grand Canyon and have that wow moment that some of you have. But anytime God answers our prayer, it's a wow moment, right? 
He's somebody that's gone from death to life. That's a big honking deal. We should stop on our, get on our knees, cry before the Lord and pray. I've been praying for my dad for nine years and he gets saved. That's a big deal. Maybe you got somebody you've been praying for and that happened. What is some big prayer that God has answered for you and you barely thanked God for? Think. Really think. I mean, like, think. Jot it down. Write God a thank you note and apologize. God, I prayed for this for 12 years. <laughs> you answered it, and I'm like, acting like I don't believe it happened or I'm, I'm, I've not thanked you properly. Now, this is the last point. I don't know why I need to talk about it except that I've learned that people get confused. It's the type of stuff that breeds cults and confuses people. My friends, the Bible hasn't been changed since its writing. You can trust it. So we get to this point. Paul said, pray to who? Who do I pray to? Let me tell you who you don't pray to. You don't pray to an angel, according to the Bible. You don't pray to a priest. You don't pray to a mystical being. And you certainly don't pray to a dead person. Read your Bible. You don't. Paul clarifies that there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. You pray to Jesus, who is our mediator, to God the Father. We pray to Jesus, and he intercedes on our behalf as he is stationed right next to God the Father, who is seated on his centrally located throne in heaven. He's right there. He's there. He can handle it. While Paul aptly points out the reason of our prayers, our answer is that we have a mediator in Christ Jesus. We can certainly pray the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're co-equal. And maybe the best way to comprehend the role of the Trinity in prayer is that we pray to the Father in the name of the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Son takes it to the Father, and the Holy Spirit gets an action. That far too long Christians have operated powerless in this antichrist immersed world. We need to access the power. I heard an illustration the other day that kind of describes the situation among, among believers in their powerless lives. It's, it's, it's the difference of snorkeling and, and, and deep sea diving. I mean, if you're, if you're a snorkeler, you can go down and get some sand dollars. If you're a deep sea diver, you go to one of these wrecks, you go down there and you come up with a grouper. Sand dollars you'll take and you'll bleach them, take them home, they stink, and put them somewhere in the house. You forget where they're at until you smell them. And then a, a grouper, you go home, you clean it, you eat it, and you know where it went. A lot of believers are staying close to the surface, snorkeling in prayer, and they're, exp and they're not experiencing all that they can experience in prayer. The challenge today is to go deep and listen to God. Listen to God, and he will no doubt tell you what he wants you to do. Unless, of course, you're afraid of, course, you're afraid of sharks going down there. I mean, you're afraid of what God might call you to do. Listen, if you have already surrendered your life to Christ, you shouldn't be scared to pray with a listening ear to all that God has to say. You see, the power to do what he is calling you to do has already been granted. We just have to get in touch with Jesus. And that takes time. Let me ask, are you trying to get to know God or do you just want the magic genie to answer your prayers.
And maybe therein lies the problem. You see, the magic genie is like the drive through Go ahead with your order. But getting to know God takes time. Sitting, waiting, listening. Do you have time for that? And obeying. God wants to empower you, but more importantly, he wants to, you to get to know him. And that doesn't happen in 15-second prayers. Time yourself. And it doesn't happen in generic God prayers. You go through Jesus to get to the Father, and the world that you live in right now, you know, you've got to know it hates Jesus, so you pray. Listen, you can hail Mary all you want, you can our Father all you want, but God wants time with you. Take the time to get to know God in your little sit-downs and become empowered. Stop living broken down, woe is me lives. You're the child of the king. Sit with God, listen, and he'll tell you what's important. Take the time to pray. It truly makes a difference. Prayer is urgent. Prayer leads to the quiet life. I want some peace and quiet. This weather has been terrible lately. For fishing. <laughs> so I found a day to go out for about an hour. And I, I always take four rods with me in case one messes up. I was down. I mean, they're not biting, but I'm down to one rod because they're all getting messed up. So you know what? When I got home, cleaned everything up. But I took them suckers out and was redoing them. So next time I go out, ain't none of this, ooh, boink, boink, you know, what's going on? No, no. You know we do a lot of things that take time. But only one gets us close to the creator. And when you realize who you're sitting with, all of a sudden, what you're praying about doesn't even matter anymore. I'm sitting with the God of the universe. Amen? Can anybody get this? Read the Psalms. David was having a really bad day many times. That's why you have the Psalms. <laughs> he was having a bad day. And he starts out his prayer in the Psalm, God, I'm having a bad day. Will you crush their teeth? Will you mash their heads in? And he gets to the end of the thing, and he's praising God, praising God. And guess what? Nothing had changed. But he'd been hanging out with God. So if you're having a lot of bad days, I can just tell you, you ain't hanging out with God. I don't know how God has spoken to you through this word. Hopefully, certainly, you'll have a, it'll help your prayer life. We've, we've got prayer wheels up here, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to come during the invitation. I want you to come during that time and grab one. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be like waiting at the end and sneaking up and grab one. I want you to come and grab one. But now is your time to respond. In whatever God is saying to you. Hey, we're so glad that you joined us for worship this morning. We know that God is moving in the hearts and lives of anybody that hears his word. And we want to encourage you to take the step that the Holy Spirit's prompting you to take. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart.
This morning, the Word of God was preached, and we know that it has the supernatural ability to go down deep inside us and change us from the inside out. We want to encourage you to take the step that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to take. If you'll download the Living Truth Church app for any, any app store, there's a Next Steps tab, and there's a list of different things that the Holy Spirit may be telling you to do. There are ways for you to respond. Maybe you've never chosen to follow Jesus, and the Holy Spirit's drawing you to Himself. Well, there's no better time to follow Jesus than right now. And you can let us know that in the app by clicking follow Jesus. Uh, maybe you're a Christian and the next step you need to take is baptism or beginning to serve in the church or giving or getting plugged into a CPR group. One of those things, you know, many other things as well. Let us know in the app. We want to come alongside you. And if you'll fill that form out, we'll be able to come alongside you and help you take those steps. Um, we know that if you're a believer, you're a stepper. You are somebody who never stops. You never become stagnant. We should always be walking with Jesus and taking steps to follow him. So if you heard the word of God this morning, there's steps for you to take, and we want to encourage you to take those. Um, so if you would, join me in prayer. Um, dear Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's watching with us today. We thank you that they're here. We thank you that they've heard your word, God, and we pray that you'll speak to them, that you'll you'll draw them to yourself, God, and you'll, you'll tell them the steps that they need to take as they follow you. Um, God, we pray that you'll give them the boldness and courage to be obedient to what it is you're telling them to do. Um, God, we pray that you'll move in their lives and use them. We love you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for salvation. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, y'all have a great week.